This is the airplane This is the airplane Your very presence Spoken to me This is my daily bread Oh, this is my daily bread Oh, you're everything to me You live inside of me Oh, and, and I I'm desperate for you, oh God. When I am lost without you, oh, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. Oh, I'm desperate for you, and I'm desperate for you. You're all I want. Your Lord, I ever needed. Your Lord, I want. Help me know you, I need. The more I know you, is the more I want to know you, Jesus. More of you, oh, the more I see you, is the more I want to see you, Jesus. More of you, I want more of you, oh, God, oh, I want more of you. Oh Jesus, cause the more I know you Is the more I want to know you Jesus 
Jesus, more of you. Oh, 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 Father, we Jesus, more of you. Thank you for another day in your presence. We worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the worship. We submit to your spirit. We cannot do nothing except by your spirit. We honor you, Father. We give you all the praise. The Bible says this, the day you've made, we are to rejoice and be glad in it. We give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you all the worship. We give you all the adoration, our Father, our Lord. We honor you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you're welcome um, to Mercadilla School of Priesthood. Um, we thank God for another day in his presence. Hallelujah. So I want to welcome everyone. Praise God. Okay, as our custom is... Um, Let's hear uh, feedback for from last week um, meeting. Okay, Pastor Dave, we can hear from you. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, last week we were able to look into uh, the scripture, the book of Revelation, chapter five, verse ten, and uh, it says that, 
And God has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. So in our last discussion, uh, uh, we, we are told that kingship is in our spirit. And then priesthood has to do with the activity of the soul. And then reigning, we reign on the body. So we're also made to understand that priesthood is life. And the Holy Ghost is given to us for living the life of God. You know, for living. So, and also in our discussion last week, uh, uh, Pastor here made a statement which actually became a subject of meditation uh, for me. And he said that it's possible for one to pray or to be praying and yet not doing priesthood. So that became subject to critical uh, thinking and meditation. You know, how one can be praying and not doing priesthood. Because we've always known priesthood as one of the uh, aspects of priesthood we've always known as prayer. But the challenge that came last week was that it's possible for one to actually be praying and yet not doing priesthood. So at the cause, we're also told that priesthood is actually uh, the manifestation of the life of God in us. And as I begin to meditate on that, I began to uh, also meditate on that aspect. I also was linking it to what Paul was writing to the Corinthian, that if I, uh, you know, you know, bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and yet have no love, I am nothing. He said, if I speak with the tongues of men and all that, he said, but if I don't have love, he said, I am nothing. So I begin to see priesthood in the light of the life of God through us. In other words, that even in our prayer, what should fuel our prayer should be the life of God. Should be what flows, uh, fuels our passion in the place of prayer. Should be the love of God that fuels our passion in the that any prayer that is not informed by the life any prayer that is
food or what made priests to have the knowledge of God or to have the life of God is how is how he's inquiring himself through God's word. How to it's just like just like when somebody is learning work, is how you determine, is how you learn it perfectly. So understand that in priesthood, to, for me to live the life of priesthood, I need to open my heart to have the knowledge of God. And also know, knowing the knowledge of God is not just know it, it's also to let it be the life of me, the part of my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Some other person. Okay, Joshua. Um, first God. I'll just give a summary of what I learned last week. So you talked about priesthood. And it started from the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 8. Um, we just said, we will make kings and priests unto our God and we will reign on the earth. So and he said, um, the position of the kingship is in our spirits. We have to exercise priesthood for our soul to be saved and we will reign in our body, earth. And he quoted the scripture, I think in Romans 8, where scripture says, to be carnally minded is death and to, spirit, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And one of the things you, one of the cuttings you said that got me was that priesthood is not just about prayer. It's a kind of life. And that life is a life in the spirit. So any man that is not officiating in priesthood will surely die. So it is more, it is, it is a, like a walking, something like a walking thing that is walking. So if I'm not officiating my priesthood, obviously, I would be, I, I, like to be carnally minded is dead. So you also said that priesthood is not, a man can be praying and not officiating his uh, priesthood. So I now said, the way to be spiritually minded is by God's word. It is by God's word that a man can be spiritually minded. So priesthood is to be spiritually minded and not to be carnally minded. And to be spiritually minded is by God's word. A man can only be spiritually minded by the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, I just trust God for a few thoughts uh, before some other person. Sir, Peter, do you have anything to say? Hmm? Based on last week meeting. Amen. Okay. Um, I just trust the Spirit of God to um, take us further by the help of the Spirit. Hallelujah. 
You see, um, one of the things that gets me, let me use the word angry, or sometimes I am bothered about myself, you know, about the people around me, about the body of Christ entirely. You know, Jesus said that the children of this world, they are wiser in their generation than the children of the kingdom. So sometimes I have seen how children of God in their in their reasoning, they are myopic. They are not let me use the word, let me use the word intelligence. Now, because of that lack of intelligence in our mind, there is a way we, you know, we live in the realm of assumption. We, we live in the realm of assumption. We live in the realm of um, assumption. You know, for instance, someone will say, I know God will do it. I know God is, I know God is good. I know, you know, there are so many words to me. I, I, I see the way we make such statement. We don't understand. It, it, those are statements of ignorance. Or statements that, if you look at such statements, you know that people are not responsible. That's the word. They are not responsible. So, you know, look at what Paul said. Paul said that, Study to show yourself approved. Why? For one thing. Like a workman that needed not to be what? Be ashamed. That needed not to be ashamed. Rightly what? Rightly dividing the word of truth. You do not watch it as a workman that needed to be ashamed. It's just like you are being, maybe you are let me use the word like apprentice. Someone mentioned, is it a bro, uh, Tosi? You mentioned like apprentice. You have been learning work for maybe for years. So when you are learning work, the essence of learning is for you to become that thing you are learning. So they are expected by social time that a certain result they are expecting from you. So what is the shame? By the time they give you the job to do and you are doing rubbish, what is going to happen to you? Shame is going to happen to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are expected to, maybe let me use, for instance, a generator. You are expected to know over, that is the reason why you are at that place for one year, two years, three years, four years. Then by this time now, the master is expecting you, by the time I give you a generator to, a generator to do, I expected for you to do what? For you to pieces that generation, and I mean that generator, and fix it. So by the time they now give you the generator, you will be going left and right and be asking some question. You know there are certain questions you can't ask. If you have a certain master, the answer is slap. The answer is slap or polish because they expected you that over time you have been here, and that is the reason why you are here. So like a watchman, like a watchman, that needed not to be ashamed. So when the demand will come, do you, are you getting that? 
Why? Because demand will always come. Because this is the reason why you are here. So there's going to be a time they will now ask you that, okay, this work you have been learning, come and do it. Because either you like it or not, if evil spirit did not ask you, demon will ask you. If demon did not ask, situation of life will ask you. That is the truth. He said, that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly, 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 rightly what? Divide the word of truth. So by the time, you know, have you ever seen people when, you know, you can come to some place now, or maybe want to do something, everybody will just be struggling. When, when someone that has mastery over you, will just ask you, what is the problem, what is the problem? He will tell you, do this, do that, do that, do that, and he takes his fix. What a different practice. Mastery. That's why Paul was saying in Timothy, Paul said, we can't talk about mastery. Eh? Without the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone that must have mastery must do it lawfully. What is it lawfully? Mean you are trained. You know what Mama was saying last week? You are trained. It is through training and practicing you have mastery. So, you see, certain things is expected of us. If we, like one woman was saying last week, the issue of training. Of late, I began to have a kind of, permit me to use a mindset concerning church. How can, you know, I asked some people, yes, I said, you are a teacher. If a student, a student is in your class, a student you teach for, <laughs> you teach for a period of time, and you come up and begin to ask him some questions, you do something, you are going to flog. But most of us are believers. Now, most of us, the difference is that spiritual thing, you may be, you may be, maybe your age may be 50 or that, you are seeing, you are seeing wearing pampas in the spirit. So when there's, because there are natural things you're supposed to handle. There are natural things you're supposed to interface with. Natural things. When it has to do with the things of God. But if, when you engage some people, you see you engage some people, you discover that. So you ask yourself, these people have been in the church. What have they been doing since in the church? As a question, what have they been doing since in the church? So you see that the best choice to pastor is to know everybody. So let's know this thing. If you are here, the question is that you must grow. Every one of us must grow together. So it's not we must grow. We must know. So if I, I don't, if I ask you a question and you have been with me around, I don't want to be hearing when they ask some question or you know ask something. I don't want to. There are things I don't want to hear. There are things I shouldn't challenge. My, that shouldn't challenge myself as a pastor. So the same expectation I'm giving to myself, the same expectation I'm expecting from you. I said, because, so we will not come here and waste time. It's just a wasting of time. 
will not just come here for one year, two years, three years, four years. Your just is wasting of time. Because the fruit is that you must grow. That is a fruit. There has to be growth. There has to be shift. And that's what priesthood is all about. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How do you stop the reign of death? Is through priesthood. How do you grow as a child of God? Is through priesthood. Now, every one of us are priests in the Old Testament. So when we are talking about priesthood, we are not just talking about priesthood as a gift. Eh? We are talking about priesthood as a life functionality. The life we have been called to live. So the life we have been called to live can only be found in priesthood. That means you cannot be a functional priesthood or a functional believer without practicing priesthood. Like I said yesterday, he had made, I mean, I said last week, he had made us king, priest, eh? and we shall what? We shall reign on the earth. So I say that your spirit, that is the kingship, while your soul is where the priesthood is, then your body is where the life is supposed to reign. Because anything that reigns in your body automatically is going to reign in your world. Do you understand what I mean? So anything that is raining here is what is going to rain in your environment. You get that? You get that? You get that? Mean that? So it means that once I've started in your spirit, God expected you, God expected that thing to rain in your soul, eh? then the end product of that is that it will begin to rain in our bodies. Hallelujah. The spirit is the kingship. That is the king of God, the king, the throne. That's where your spirit, that's what is in your spirit, the kingship, the dominion of God, the throne of God. The, the soul is priesthood. Eh? That is the priesthood. That is where activity of the spirit, activity of life, that is where growth will take place. That's where activity of the spirit will take place. That is a battleground between spirit of God, the spirit of life, and the spirit of Darkness, the battlefield is the soul. Then where the reigning is taking place is in the body. That is why if you check that Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it was that began to talk about there's no more condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the what, spirit. In answer for the law of the spirit of life had made me free from the law of sin. And death. So that's why when you move into verse 10, he says, if that spirit that raises Christ from the dead, if that essentially dwells in you, the essence of that spirit, so the essence of the laws of God reigning in us is to reign in our bodies. That's why I say, if that spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, the purpose of that spirit, the same way Christ was raised from the dead, Eh? Remember Ephesians chapter 1. 
what God wrought in Christ when he rose him from the dead, or when he raised him from the dead. So with that spirit that dwells in you, the purpose of that spirit is to quicken your mortal body. It was the journey of that spirit that Romans chapter 8 began to talk about. It began to talk about, you know, the manifestation of the sons of God as many that are led by the spirit. So leading, leading, the leading of the spirit, you see, the Bible says that as many that are led by the spirit, eh, they are what? They are the sons of God. <laughs> Do you understand? Eh? They are the sons of God. Hmm? You get that? Praise God. I want to be, you know, just slow. Um, so whereby everyone of us will follow. I think some of people will see come and expatiate what I'm trying to say. Do you understand? Do you understand that? Eh? Th that's Roman 8. Is something that started from the chapter 7. Paul began to talk about, um, you know, I found another law, what I decided to do, but thanks be to God, you know, thanks be to God, you know, uh, now the only one that is in Christ Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life, in Christ Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin. So what makes, what actually, the reason why I die was because, because of the law. Do you understand? For instance, they can tell you, they may not give you any instruction. You can do anything you like, and do anything like you may not know you have lawlessness inside, but the time they begin to give you law, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. You now discover that lawlessness is inside. So what is bringing that lawlessness? That's why Paul said it was the law that kills. Do you understand? What the law does is that is to bring that woman nature on inside because the law was given to a man at that time that can obey the laws of God. Do you understand? So for him to try to obey the laws of God, rather for him to obey the laws of God, sin is finding expression. So that's what Paul was lamenting. Do you understand? The things I want to do, I couldn't do it. The things I found, what I found, rather, was another law I found in my member. Do you understand? Because what it takes to obey the law, it was not inside. He was talking about the man under the law. Do you get that? So he now moved to chapter, in chapter 8. He said, thanks be to God. Do you understand? Thanks be to God who has given us victory. So that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Christ have made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you understand? So when you read, when you read that scripture in content, you discover it talks, about, it talks about the resurrection of our bodies. It talks about the sonship. It talks about how to be led by the spirit. It talks about, you know, um, the spirit quickening your mortal body. So all those expressions is when a man has come to a place where, because that's what priesthood do. Priesthood, say, under what for priesthood means that you don't have your life anymore. Do you understand? A priest has been separated to worship God. A priest has been separated for the dedication of God. So a priest, one of the ways we lose our lives is through priesthood. Because a priest does not have his life. You get my point? You get my point? So that's why they, God have to call them to separate the priests that they may worship, that they may carry out a service for him. So when he said, as many that are led by the spirit, that is actually priesthood. Do you get it, my boy? So that leading me that another is the one leading you. There is another spirit. There is another life leading you. Remember what we said last week. No any spirit can give his authority without being subjected to that spirit. 
Do you understand? So the way we come into the authority of the spirit, the way we come in, or the way we, our soul is clothed, we talk about the clothing. The way our, remember, um, um, we talk about, um, talk about the uh, Aaron's garment is for glory, is for beauty. Do you understand? So that garment, now in that Aaron's own, they have to, the garment is already prepared. Do you understand? By the Spirit of God for to wear on the Aaron's, eh? Aaron's and his sons. Do you understand? No, that garment was actually, that garment was actually glory. Do you understand? We've known that, we say this several times, that it was the reason of that garment, Aaron, if God have to tell them to remove that garment before he died. But in the New Testament, they don't sew that garment once. How they sew it is through your work. Do you understand? How they sew the garment is through your work. Do you get that? Do you get that? Do you get what I'm saying? So, so like I said, the priesthood is actually a way we lose our lives. So, as many that are led by the Spirit, hmm? As men that are led by the Spirit, they are, I want you to take note, they are the sons of God. The way you belong to God, means that God, that what belongs to God, means that God have owns you. God is in charge, like what Pastor Trudy was saying last week. If you read 2 Corinthians, you will see it in Hebrew. That's what the New Testament is. The New Testament is actually priesthood. I will put my loss in their mind. I will write it in their heart. That is actually priesthood. If you check the book of Corinthians, it say, be that separated eh, and come out among them, then you will be my people. I will be your God. Eh? He now went ahead. He said, I will be a father and you will be a son unto me. The book of Revelation now says that those servants that served him, what will happen? He will be their God. He will wipe away their tears. Do you understand? He will be, he will be, they will be his people. Then he himself will be their God. So what he's talking about is priest with functionality. God, God, God has saved us. But in our day-to-day life, God may not be the one in charge of our lives. You get that? You get that? God may not be the one in charge of our lives. Meaning that in our decision in our decision, in the life we live on daily basis. God is not the order. God is not in charge of that life. God is not the one in control, in charge of that life. Another life is in control. So that's why God can be your savior, may not be your Lord. Lord simply means the one that is ownership of your life. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. So when you are led by the Spirit, it means that you are no longer the one living. Somebody is living through you. The will of that person you want to obey the will of that person you want to carry out, the will of that person you want to do, you are no longer living for yourself. Do you understand that? Praise God. Do you understand that? You are no longer living for yourself. So that is what that second Corinthians means. They, they will be my people. Another word, Ephesians put it, he said Ephesians chapter 1 began to talk about, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 began to talk about verse 4, I think we began to talk about the adoption. 
You understand? Your spirit is not adopted. Your spirit is born. But God wants to adopt your soul and your body. So that adoption means ownership. Meaning God is the one that holds your life. Do you, do you, do you get that? God is the one. That's another word they call salvation. Remember the Bible says that the Bible talks about that our life is hidden in Christ and Christ in God. Do you understand? So that was salvation. That's another word. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. That was salvation means that your interaction is not earthly. Your interaction is in Christ. Why is your interaction in Christ? Why? Because God has taken you through a process where they are taking away things that is not of him. Things that is not of his. Then the thing that is of his is there is what is intertwining your life, in your soul. Are you getting that? I mean that that means you are that was one of means you are saved. You know, remember what Jesus said. The prince of this world, they came to me. Eh? They find none of their property in me. So you will come into, you know, there's something we are discussing in Minister's Street where Pastor talk about that Jesus Christ was tempted. And someone said that temptation is when someone has sin. So when you say someone is tempted, you are saying someone that has sin. No, Jesus did not have sin. What it means is that Jesus was imperfect man when he was here. He was without sin. Do you get that? Do you get that? Just the same way Adam, Adam, Adam was born without sin, but Adam still need to go through the process of temptation. Do you get that? I don't know. That. You get what I'm saying? Eh? They, have, they have to try him. They have to see, test him. Jesus was led for reason for that. Do you understand? But he's without no sin. Do you understand? Because why? What it means is that it's a stage of imperfection. Where they are bringing, when they are bringing things, they are, bring, they are bringing other other choices to you. But do you understand? Because that is the way God will not just throw eternal life to anybody. The other choice has to come. Other opinion has to come. Then you have to come to a place where you value this one than the other one. Do you, do you get that? That's why it's in the book of Peter. Peter began to talk about the money. Say you, are, you were in manifold temptation because of your faith. So that temptation is that based on that law of the spirit, he has his own demand. Then other demand is going to come. Remember what Jesus said? The prince of this world, they came to me. They find none of their properties in, on, in, on me. Do you understand? So mean that how Satan had advantage over men, how Satan have advantage over men is because of their things. His things that he see in men. But Jesus doesn't have the things of Satan. Do you get the point? But he was tempted. But there was a place. Why? There was a place when Jesus get to after resurrection. In that state, you can't tempt him anymore. He can't be tempted in that state because it's in the fullness of life. So what, what salvation means is that when you come to a place where you cannot be tempted anymore over some things, that's why I say that he that overcome it, he that overcome it. So there are things we are overcoming. Do you understand? That that overcoming means that you cannot be tempted. That when they bring the same thing to you, there are things you have overcome already. There are things that they can't tempt you with because you overcome it. That's why you do it yesterday. When they bring it now, you can't do it. Why? Because you overcome that thing. That's what salvation is. Meaning that that thing cannot reach you again. The devil cannot talk through that thing again because you've already overcome. Salvation has taken place. And that's what priesthood is. That's why the other word for priesthood is actually being clothed. Remember Joshua? Eh? How did how this enemy, how the enemy approach him? Hmm? 
because what he was wearing, he was wearing, he was wearing the, um, he was wearing things that belong to that Satan. So, but they have to change that his garment. So, because of that garment, now Satan cannot reach him anymore. Do you understand? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, let me read. Um, let me read some. One day, two for that to that effect. Then I will just say a few things. Then I will, I will. I think Pastor Trudy will come up. So if Francis have any other thing, or anybody about something, Psalm 132, verse 9. It says, Let thy priest be clothed with what? With salvation. And what will happen? Let thy saints shout for joy. Do you understand? Now, this is one of the Messiah scripture. What is saying that for you to function as a priest is not impute righteousness is functionality in your righteousness. So how will you be, you'll be clothed with what? Or if you read some other place, same place, talk about clothed with salvation. You say we're clothed with um, righteousness. Then what will happen? The people will shout or rejoice. Hallelujah. I just want to say some, just a few things. I just trust God, God to help me. No, well, like I said, one of these signs we saw, we saw that Aaron couldn't die until that garment was taken off his body. Hmm? I quoted it last um, um, last week. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, efficient of the seas, but finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that you can be able to what? Eh? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and put on what? The whole armor of God. So you can be able to what? You can be able to withstand the what? The wise of the devil. And again, you can be able to stand the evil day. See, what I want to say is this. Ah, I just pray God, find me, give me utterance. <clears throat> you know, it was Malachi that said, one of the things, one of the things you are going to find in the leaves of a, a, a priest. And I talk about the place of leaves. Like most of you are young people here. The place of leaves is a place of intimacy. Hmm? You can never, okay, Joshua, you are laughing. Joshua, if you are laughing, I'm suspecting you. You are a suspect. If you are laughing, you are a suspect. Pastor Trudy, I'm suspecting Joshua. 
I'm saying about uh, marriage something, and Joshua is laughing. So if Joshua is laughing, I'm suspecting him. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a place of intimacy. So, um, you see, one, that's what you are going to find. in the. I've been in a meeting when a pastor, you know, someone say, we're in a forum, we're in a fellowship. Pastor Trudy, we know the fellowship. Um, we're in a fellow, and someone say that, that, that the priest, what the priest has is the knowledge of God. The, the man, man of God say, no. The priest have the knowledge of everything. I say it's not true in my mind. I didn't say anything, but it's not true. It's not true. You see, you see, you see, this, this is what I'm going to say. Praise God. You see, this one, this is what I'm going to say. All the technology we find in the world today that men are discovering. That men are, those technology came through knowledge. Hmm? Now, there was one certain time, you know, God was showing me, you know, some I was, at least we have grace, you know, seeing, you know, in Genesis, how Adam was interfacing with creation. And you see Jesus, Jesus, Jesus showed a bit of that because it was the, those are the revelation of the first man, which is the Adam. You saw how creation respond to Adam. How did he name things? He named things in the natural of the earth than the heaven of the earth. So how did Adam name them? How did Adam interact with them? I don't know. I don't know that you're getting what I'm saying. I, you know what I'm saying? Did he go to any school to know some things? He was one that named them. And he, the name was not, we understand in the scripture, when the Bible talk about my name, to men that receive him, to them who give the power, uh, I mean, even to them that believe in my name. When you talk about the name of a person, you are talking about his identity. You are talking about what that person represents. The name is the nature of a person. Your name is fine in your nature because you are going to live out your name. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So when Adam, when Adam was naming creation, Adam was not naming them in the flesh. Adam was naming them according to their nature. And we do understand how did God relate to Adam? The Bible says in the book of, I think in the book of, um, um, it was Paul that was saying in Romans, that how did God had revealed himself is through the things that he's seen. So like I do say, the first creature that God wrote to Adam was creation. So there is what the moon is. The revelation of God. That is what the star is, the revelation of God. That's what the tree is, the revelation of all of them came from God. So as the Adam is interacting with creation, Adam is having access to God. 
You get that? You get that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Eh? Adam, as Adam is interacting with creation, Adam is seeing the true essence because everything that God created, he cre- everything has, the, everything is about the revelation of him. So how would Adam, I mean, Adam was joining into God, Adam was joining into God as he was interacting with those things. Adam was, the knowledge of God was dawning on him. Wow, God is a tree. That's a revelation of tree that is dawning of Adam. Wow, God is a moon. That's a revelation of God that is dawning of Adam. That was how Adam was joining into God. So now, what, see, where I want to go to, now, don't, don't be lost. You may not, you may not, if you don't get it, leave it. But go and read Romans chapter 1. You understand what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Because what, does, what the thing that's supposed to be happening to us, like, you see, the earth was created in such a way that God would be revealed. It was the fall that brought another civilization. Just like the same way the, as the priests, as the priests are carrying out sacrifice, those sacrifices they were carrying out were the destruction that God gave them for sacrifice. Do you understand? Do you understand? Eh? For, as they were carrying out those things, those things are supposed to be bringing a memory of the person that gave that revelation. Do you get that? Do you, so that service they were carrying out were linking to something in the spirit. Are you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? So that was what happened to Adam. The earth was created in such a way that as Adam is interacting with creation, Adam was joining into God. Because everything is to keep the memory of God. Do you get the point? So what happened? I mean that what, what is sin? Sin is another civilization that came to man. And when instead of the memory of God to be to be instead of the memory of God to be in man, the memory of death is what man is seeing. So normally when you interact with anything in creation, it's supposed to give you the memory of God. Do you get that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you getting that? It's supposed to be giving that memory of God. Do you understand? It's supposed to be reminding you of God. Begin to show you the, the, the dimensions of the wisdoms of God. So but what was that? That was something else. So by the time you by the time you look at something, instead of you to see God, you are seeing death. Another image is what is there. That's what sin is all about. Do you understand? Now, I say this to say something. The same way, you see, hearing God in the spirit is not just one voice speaking to you. One, if a voice is speaking to you without a process, that is a process to hear God. So if, if only what, what people are doing first, I'm hearing God, I'm hearing God, I'm hearing God, you're going to collide with spirit. You're going to collide with evil spirit. Do you understand? Do you understand? You're going to collide with evil spirit. So hearing God simply means is actually a state of being that helps you to see. Another word to hear is to see, to interact with a being. So the essence of the scripture, that's why the book of Psalm 19 do you, for example, what I'm saying, if you return the book of Psalm 19, he said that he said there is no 
any language. Abi? Eh? He said that the moon, they start the utterest speech. He said day and night. So there is something that creation is saying to Adam that's about the knowledge of God. It's beaming the knowledge of God in the soul of Adam. So when you now read down in that psalm, he said that they, how, how do they convert a soul first? Is that they convert the soul through the laws of God. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? So how, how do they convert a soul? They convert a soul through laws because what kills the soul is also another law. Do you get that? Praise God. Apostle Samson, are you with us? Eh? I just want to um, talk about the soul. For instance, you cannot interact with a being you don't understand. When you do that, you are going to lose in the spirit. And that's what have happened in the church. We mobile up everything. So we cannot differentiate between death and life. We take both death and life and we mobile up everything. Mobile of evidence that is the work of spirit. What simple? Because the soul is ignorance of the will of God. Now, the training of the training of the priest, what God uses to train the priest is his will. This is very important. You can never talk about if you take away the will of God, every soul is naked. Every soul is a victim of a spirit. Oh God, I don't know whether you're getting what I'm saying. Are you, I, please, I, am, am I saying, uh, uh, am I saying something? Am I something that makes sense? So do we have most everybody's looking at me? Francis, am I safe? Am I, you see, there's something in my spirit I just want, if I just communicate it, then Paltrudy will come. See, knowing God, if you read First John, First John said, if you read First John, First John one, began First John uh, uh, two, I think verse three, he said that. He said, he said that. How do you say? He said, how do you know? How do you know that you know Him? Is to keep His commandment. Eh? He said that, then how can you claim you know him if you are not keeping his commandment? He said, you are a liar. That lie means that you have been deceived. So any, anything that tells you you know him without going through the process of his commandment, you are going to be under deception. I don't know. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Do you understand? Do you understand? Eh? Now, he's not saying... You are talking a lie. Is that you are claiming a posture, you know him, but without going through the because what that commandment does is to judge man, is to judge the program of death, then God can appear. So without going through that process of commandment, you cannot know him. 
Just like the same way he said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So you cannot know God without me. So most of the statement that the priest will say, they are not just, they are not things that they are saying, they are not like, okay, um, if, you, if you are saying you are keeping the commandment, but you are not keeping this, uh, you mean that you don't know him. No, that's not what they are saying. The scripture, what the scripture painted is that for you to know him, God is a spirit that must reveal how he wants things to be done. What he likes, what he hates. Mean that you can't come to him without knowing the thing he likes and the thing he hates. So that's why they can't even give you that option of life first. They will first to renew your mind. Because you want to come to him. They will, they will renew your mind first. That mind will prepare you that you are coming to a being that doesn't take nonsense. For instance, if you check like a scripture, the scripture that says that um, let's go that say that um, without knowledge, he said, because you reject knowledge, I rejected you. Does God reject anybody? Meaning that what will make me to accept you, my knowledge that will make, when you reject it, I, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. It doesn't mean that he's saying that I am rejecting you. So, but what you, the thing that will make me to be real, or the thing that will make me to be real in your life, when you reject it, I cannot do anything. That's what he's saying. So, on my, anything you are saying, I'm going to reject you. No, I'm not rejecting you. There's a scripture I'm looking for. There's in my mind. When the scripture is saying that, there's one scripture that Jesus was talking about. Okay, when they were asking him, he said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things, all things they're talking about. Remember, it was the issue of the life. It was the issue of the kingdom. Most times, when we read scripture, we take it out of the content. We, we try to bring what the scripture is not saying. And immediately you do that, you are doing evil. Because what they are telling you is that as much as the knowledge of man is in your soul, you cannot see God. As much as you have not given yourself to the knowledge of, you may have things that has to do with God. You may have activity that has to do with God. But there is one thing that they call the word is revealed. Christ. That is the son of God. That is why he said God has spoke to us in the time past. Eh? By what? By the prophet. But in this last day, the other word is that what God is speaking is the son. That is not that he's spoken. To. The what God is saying is the son. So when you are not seeing the son, you have not seen the review word. So that's why I say, the word I said unto you, they are spirits and they are what? They are life. In him was what? Life. Eh? And that life was what? The light of man. Do you understand that? The him was life. And that life was the life of man. So without the light, you can't live the life. 
The light shows you the way to live the life. So when you don't have the light, that won't be the life. You, you, I don't know whether you'll get to what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? So, amen. I think some other person will come and help me to take this further. So what I'm saying in Oshie is that You see, like Jesus said, you will know the truth. And what the truth will do? Free from what? Free from demonic attack. Free from what? Free from death. Free from lies. So without the truth, there is no freedom from deception. Most of the things we do in the name of God is under deception. So it takes truth in a man to be free from that deception. So when you see a man is living as if he doesn't have need for God, that man is under deception. He may not know he's under deception because for you to live do you to live your life as if you have no need. You're already under deception. So the freedom to truth is to see that somebody has been deceiving you. That you need to be free first from that deception. So what is that free? You cease to live that life. That's why. And how do you see to live that life? There has to be a fight. So you see what we call warfare. So how we Paul now say, put on the armor of God, you can be able to sign the wise of the devil. And say, so how do you fight Satan without clothing yourself? How do you fight Satan without you being ignorance of the God's will? Because immediately your soul is, you're already taken already. Everything you are going to do, you're under deception. Because what we make, remember, if you see what I said now, Ephesians 5, verse 14, just in three minutes, in, in three minutes I will, I will run Verse 14. Let him that sleepeth. So they cannot give a man the will when a man is sleeping. He doesn't know what it is. Because they will not give it to you. Light will make you to look for it. Because it must become a treasure to you. They don't give it to you. You look for it. But they wake you up. From sleep, that sleep is death also. That when they wake you up, they're not, they are not telling you not to walk like fools. Not to walk like fools. You think that, you think that <coughs> when eternal life is coming in a man, he's not coming to come and share his glory with anybody. God is coming, he wants to be Lord. And that Lord that you want to, he will not force you to be that Lord. He, won't, he don't want to force you. He has to be just like in relation. You can't see a woman on the world. He just says, sister, I want to marry you. Or even when you see a sister, you just, you just approach, you just see a sister, okay, can we marry? The person will look at you normal. So there has to be a place we talk, we know, we, we talk, the place of, that's what the Spirit of God does through the ministry of revelation. He's talking to you. That is why without the voice of God 
In the life of believer, that believer is dead. Let's say this thing now. Pastor Chudi, please, sorry. Come and take Praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor Uche, where you have taken this is so high. Uh, I believe that God will save me. God will save me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, you see, I, I get the, you know, the, what Pastor Uche is trying to convey to us by the Spirit is the fact that priesthood, priesthood does not just, uh, um, priesthood starts with the redemption of the soul. It starts with the redemption of the soul. If the soul is not redeemed, you are not a priest. So the fact that you are, you are, um, you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior does not make you a priest. It's a very strong word I'm using. But it's the way I feel in my heart. It makes you prepared to enter priesthood. It is an initiation into. For you to understand what I'm saying, I will beg to take you a little bit into the tabernacle patterns. The, okay, not even tabernacle patterns. Passover. Passover. What is the symbolism of Passover? The symbolism of Passover is to initiate one into a work. Is to initiate one into a work, a journey. Because it is after Passover that you begin journeying. But remember when you are journeying, eh? look at Egypt as, you know, as, you know, the, 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 the place of... Mm. Okay, Egypt as your physical body or Carnality or naturality. Look at beyond Red Sea as the place of the soul. Eh? And the promised land eh? as the throne. Do you understand me? So when you leave Egypt, you can't leave Egypt without the blood. Without a sacrifice, you can't leave Egypt. No matter what you confess, you are under Pharaoh. No matter how sharp you are, you are under Pharaoh. No matter how brilliant, intelligent, you are under Pharaoh. So that is the training ground for service unto the God of this world. That is the training ground. Hallelujah. So when you accept Christ as personal Lord and Savior... You are initiated into a journey out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. And remember that all the symbolism of Christ are found in the celebration of the feast of Passover. Hmm? Because the unliving bread means that there was no sin in him. So the idea of the journey is for you to go and learn how to deal with the issue of sinning. The nature of sin is destroyed. But the activity, attitude of sinning is still resident in the soul. That's why you are initiated into a journey. Now, when you journey, 
to the point of crossing the Red Sea, you are baptized, you enter baptism. And that baptism is to be able to be led by the Spirit. Is to be able to be led by the Spirit. Let me say this. You may not understand. You see, it is, it is not complete application when a believer has not been baptized in water. Oftentimes, you may, there are certain things you, you, you flourish. But certain things, you know, tend to hold that person down. You know why? Huh? Because the person has not been identified with Christ in death. Barrier and resurrection, which is an open announcement to all the beings invisible. To all the beings invisible. A Muslim, when he receives Christ as personal Lord and Savior, every member of his family and the mosque where he worships will be struggling to make sure that they bring him back. What they are preventing is to make sure that the person is not baptized in water. Because they know that once he does that, they've lost him. Because he has made an open announcement to beings unseen that he is now following another way and there is no coming back. That is when they lose hope. They won't ever try. That is when they try to do what is called honor killing. Because they know they, they want to now protect their honor as a family. They are honored as Muslims, as a family. Do you understand me? Because they know this one. Forget it, he can't come back. Because now, he has one allegiance to a new Lord. He has one allegiance to a new Lord. He has now been properly initiated into the, pro into the process of becoming that Lord. You understand? So it becomes difficult to come back. So, that way, if you step into... You know, oftentimes we say that celebration of Feast of Pentecost is just the Holy Spirit. Now lie. Now lie. <laughs> well, the celebration is the writing of laws. That's right. The laws in the soul of man. That's right. That's Pentecost. That is what is Pentecost. That's right. The writing of the laws. Because God wants that purchase possession. He paid for it. He paid for it. The essence of the blood is for that possession. That when Christ died, when, when Christ died, it was the soul he was buying. It was the soul of man he was buying. So once you receive him as personal Lord and Savior, you are initiated into the process of becoming. Where do you become him? In your soul. Because he's already seated as a spirit man. You are seated, you're a spirit being. You understand? But you are now initiated in the, into the process of the saving of the soul. We that believe to the saving of the soul. So every believer must be initiated into the saving of the soul. So priesthood, that is when priesthood starts. For you to understand, in the tabernacle pattern, going through the seals, hallelujah, going through the seals, seal one, the white horse rider, cell two, the red, cell three, the black, cell four, the pale horse, huh? and cell five is what? The souls under the altar. The souls under the altar. Eh? 
and they said all the things. They said they were, they were beheaded. Why? Because of the testimony. Because of the testimony of Christ. Eh? So, if one has not decided to begin to live the life, to begin to live the life, his head, which is in his soul, is still alive. He is still the leader of his life. Christ is not yet his leader. Christ is not yet his Lord. But the moment the man takes that decision and begins to walk as so, walk as so, then the head is cut off. That is when he's given the white robe. Until the white robe, white robe is given, priesthood has not started. You were only a priest potentially, but experientially you have not come into it. It is when you begin to stop leading yourself that the Spirit is now leading. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the maturing sons, not just matured. They are now initiated into the process of growing to become as Christ. Because now they are being led. Did the pillar of fire and pillar of cloud lead them in Egypt? Was it not after the Red Sea? Was it not in the wilderness? What is the essence of wilderness, the wilderness? He saw that. Okay. What was the testimony of uh, uh, Moses before Pharaoh? Huh? Let my people go. The one who sent me, my God, said, I should tell you, let my people go so that they will go to serve me. The word of serve is the word of learn worship. Let them go so that they will go into the wilderness. Remember, Moses told him, we are going yonder into the wilderness. What they are going there to do is to learn how to serve the living God. They can't learn it while in Egypt. It's not possible. They can't learn it. For without blood, there is no remission of sin. That's sin nature. Without blood, acceptance of that accomplished work, you are not initiated into the process of learning Christ at all. Hallelujah. But the issue is that after you have accepted Christ as personal Lord and Savior, that is when the enemy comes with his deception. You know what is his deception? He begins to present things that look like Christ so that you won't join So that you can accept that and won't join huh? So that you stay alive in your soul. What, is the, what are the compartments of the soul? Who will tell me, please? We shared something around that last Sunday. Hmm? The, okay, the will, yes. The will. The mind, uh-huh. The will, the mind, the emotions. Thank you, sir. You got it right. The mind, the will, the emotions, and even your conscience. Your conscience. Eh? The salvation of the soul means that in your mind, which is the realm of your thoughts, that Christ is seen to be seated and established there. That when you think, you no longer think as a man. 
The oppression of the seven spirits of God, what will it make him? It will make him of understanding. Remove weak. It will make him of understanding. He will have understanding that in his judgment, how do men arrive at judgment outside of thoughts? Outside of thoughts. It's not possible to arrive at judgment. So that in your thoughts, you will no longer think as natural men by seeing natural circumstances and you just conclude and judge that it is so. You will, your judgment will now be beyond the realm of the physical. Like what Pastor is saying. Every creation we have seen is supposed to reveal God to us. So, what you see is beyond what it is. Huh? Okay, let me say this. We must so we must learn to see things beyond so if Christ is being seated in your realm of thoughts you will no longer think as natural man you know why because your head your reasonings they are dying Christ is now the one who has become your reasoning the spirit of, you now reason by the spirit. You now reason by the spirit. Not by your intellect. Not by your intellectual capacity. Hallelujah. But by the spirit of God. Because as many as are led by the spirit. So in what realm will he lead them? He will lead them through their thoughts. Huh? Through their mind. Their will. Okay, what? The compartment of will in a man, what does it stand for? It has to do with choice, mm -hmm. decisions, mm -hmm. and uh, it, just the choice, decisions. It's not just that. You just captured an aspect of it. It is the choices to do, to take action, because the will is the realm. A man 
that makes him, to propels him, activates him to take action. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, if Christ is not seated in your will, or is not sitting in your will, because when we say seated, it means that he has seated fully. No, it's as the sun rises every morning, gradually, until the day star arises from where? Your soul, your heart. That word heart is the word soul. Do you understand me? It rises gradually. The more you feed on life, the more he's rising in your mind, in your will. Hallelujah. The more he rises in your emotions. Your emotions. Okay, is your father not emotional? God is emotional. But he's emotional according to his lifestyle. Be you holy, for I, your Lord, I am holy. The word holy means set apart for. Set apart for you. So you should set yourself apart for me. I must not share you with any other being or any other realm. I must not share you with any. So it is. So when 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 you hear in your emotions that Christ is sitting, is seen to be sitting, it means that you don't feel things like some something very shocking happened to me yesterday. There was a bad news I received, you know, and the first thing I said, I said. God. And I, I was fasting. It was about the time I was to break my fast in the evening. And um, immediately I lost appetite. I lost appetite immediately. The first thing I did was to say, Holy Spirit, help my heart. Just help my heart. Help my heart. Help my heart. I was saying it aloud. Help my heart. And the news was such that I don't want the people in the environment to know. Do you understand me? So I Continue saying that in my heart. Saying it in my heart. After a while, I spoke in tongues just for a while. Eh? It was like the thing was, it did like this. And it left. It was as if I didn't receive anything again. I became very normal, very sound. I remained thankful to God. Because that would have spoiled my emotions. If I had not been engaging Christ in my emotions, eh? maybe I wouldn't have been here today. I'm telling you. You understand? So, you must allow. Okay. Let's look at scriptures. Let's look at scriptures. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Verse 28 and 29. Let somebody read, please. I'm not good at reading the scriptures while sharing. That, there are microphones there, aren't they? Okay. Verse 28 and 29. It said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of from me, for I am gentle. And lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Okay. Come unto me, all you that labor on a heavenly laden, I will give you rest. 
The first rest, he said, I will be the one to give it to you. <laughs> the first rest, I will give you. That is the rest of the spirit. I will give you rest. But you must come. You must come. For that rest to be given to you. You must want Christ in your life. For that rest to be given to you. If you don't want him in your life, stay the way you are. The rest will not come. So you must be invited. You are the one who invites him to come. If you don't issue that invitation to him, he stays on his own, then you stay Adamic. You stay Adamic. Then he said, after I have given you the rest, then take upon you my because now you belong to me. Now you belong to me. Then take upon you my yoke. Not any other man's yoke. Because Satan has his own yoke. <laughs> it is my yoke that you will take upon. See again. It is an appeal. And also a command. Without forcing you to take it. Without forcing you to take it. The yoke. You can stop at just coming to him and receiving the rest that he will give. Eh? And stop at taking his yoke. It's, okay, it's still okay by him. Remember the issue of, I think, Isaiah chapter 6. In the last days, seven women will go to a man and say, eh? we will eat our own food. We will wear our own garments. Only allow us to answer your name. You understand? <laughs> so you, you may just stop at answering his name. That you're a believer. Spirit filled, tongue talking. But you are not yoked unto him. You are not yoked unto him. What does his yoke make you to do? It makes you to humble yourself and learn. It makes you to humble yourself and learn. In the physical, what the yoke does to ox, huh? it makes, is that it makes him to look straight continually onto his master while he's at work. While he's dragging the tiller that tills the ground, huh? he looks straight continually onto the master. But while he's looking onto the master, he's also feeding but in our own case, we feed as we look unto him. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Who is the author and finisher. Hallelujah. So take upon you my yoke and learn of me. And learn of me. What will you learn? For I am low, I'm lowly in the heart. I'm meek and lowly in the heart. So what are you learning? You are learning meekness because you will notice that there is arrogance in you. There is pride in you. The content of the soul of man, you will notice it even in Adam, his conversation after the fall with the Lord. He was still very arrogant. Hallelujah. He was still very arrogant. Was it not the woman you gave me? May it cause me to fail. 
As if the law was given to the man, uh, the woman. Was it not to him that the law was given? The commandment was given to him, not to the woman. And the scripture recorded well that it was I, Eve, that was deceived, not Adam. He wasn't deceived. His was a willful disobedience. It was a willful disobedience. So, I was talking with um, a sister yesterday. She, 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 while we were talking over the phone, she had the voice of my daughter. <laughs> the way she was, you know, uh, she was shouting because she wanted to do something. And uh, one of the daughters I live with came to take her out. She decided to bite her. Why? Because she wanted to have her way. So she then had over the phone and said, what is Kaima doing? I told her what happened. He said, huh? who talks, who normally teaches teach children to, you know, bite people? I said, it is Adamic. It is in the gene. It is right there. Nobody teaches them to use that to defend themselves so that they will have their way. So from there, I began to, you know, share with her. As you are growing up, you get to a certain age, you will start feeling somehow as a man, start feeling somehow as a woman. Nobody taught you that. It's not taught anywhere. It is in you. And in you that it is, is in your soul. <laughs> it is contained in your soul. So if you're not from a place that has, you know, a samurai background, you begin to live anyhow. That, now we're not talking about Christ. You don't have, you know, a good moral background. You live anyhow. Before you know it, you are either a prostitute or you are a womanizer. You understand me? It's just because of the motions of sin contained in your soul. It's contained there. So the essence of the world is to school your mind. It's to school your mind. It's to tell you how to behave. It's to tell you how to think. To lead you on how to handle your will. That is no longer your will. How to submit your will to his will. Jesus taught us that. If I'm left alone, I will say let this cup pass. It's a tall order. Father, it is a tall order. Nevertheless, not my will. I submit my will to your will. Let your will be done. You understand me? So you must come to learn the fact that you will come to the point in your life where you submit your will. And say, not my will, but your will, O Lord. That is when Christ will be seated there to begin to function. Have you ever seen where people exhibit terrible anger? Terrible anger. Believers, terrible anger. It's simply because Christ is not seated. Not that they are not believers. They are believers. But they have not allowed their will to be schooled by the world. They have not given their will willing, willingly. Willingly. Hallelujah. They have not given their will willingly. In prayers. In prayers. Lord, I give you over my will. I give you over my will. I don't want to be one, the one reigning in my will. I want you to be the one reigning in my will. I want you to be seated and established in my will. That I will not exhibit anything that displeases you. Anything that brings, uh, that brings, you know, grieves your heart. I don't want to, I don't want it to be found in me any longer. Until you willfully say such prayers. I mean it. He's not coming. He's not coming. 
That is how it happens. He is not coming because he won't come to wrestle with you. He's not a wrestler. The spirit is not a wrestler. He's a gentleman. What you don't allow him. Uh, okay, uh, uh, one of my brothers um, in overseas, I was talking with him this morning. So he was asking me about another brother, uh, certain things. I said, ah, you have forgotten. You have forgotten how I behave. As far as you want to lead me into your life, it's as far as I can go. I don't ask questions. What you allow me to know concerning you is what I know I am allowed to know. What any area you are hiding, I won't step in there. Because that's your life, it's not my life. You understand me? It's your life. So the Holy Spirit does. He won't step into an area of your life you don't want him. He won't come into an area of your life that you love. If you love it, no matter how you pray, he won't come because he knows you love it. He won't come. But you must come to the end of yourself in that area before he comes. Hallelujah. So if you are not come to the end of self in that area of your life, hallelujah, or that area of your soul, that area of your soul, he won't step in. Hallelujah. Take upon you my yoke and learn of me. If you check... Uh, uh, you know, about hearing God, if you look at John 14, Jesus will always say, my, 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 my sheep. Yeah. Meaning that you belong to him. The Lord is my shepherd. It means you belong to him. So until you know that you belong to him and submit as so, huh? he won't shepherd you. No matter what you confess. No matter what you confess. You must know that you belong to him. And identify him as your Lord. Then submit willingly. What are you submitting? It's your will. If you submit it, then he can lead you. There is a way that seems right unto a man. But the end is what? Destruction. But it seems, we, it seems good in our eyes. Hallelujah. I've burnt my fingers so many times in the area of investment. You know why? Because they look good. <laughs> they look good. They look good. I never allowed him because I, because I felt I knew it. You understand me? Several times. One thing about the soul of man is that he doesn't learn easily. He doesn't learn easily. Until you come to the end of yourself, you have learned nothing of him. Hallelujah. Check your life. No matter how many years you are spent upon the earth, eh? even if you are in your teens, you are in your 20s, hallelujah, you must have seen the areas where you laid yourself and you burnt your fingers. It was simply because you, you laid yourself. After all, Josiah, the king, how old was he when he mounted the throne? Eight years. Eh? But the spirit led him. He was able as a king at age to submit to God. So don't tell me it's a function of age. It's not a function of age. It's a function of identifying him as your source, as your Lord, and being willing to submit and let him see that you're submitting. So all the journey of priesthood is for learning 
of Christ is to learn him. That is what is priesthood. A priest is not a priest until he's able to express the life of his pastor. Jesus said this today that believe in him. Okay, he said, uh, uh, there was a statement he made, and he said, many believed in him. And he turned to the people who believed in him and said, if you continue in my word, he didn't talk to the people who didn't believe in him. He talked only to the people who believed in him. Many, to the many that believed in him. He said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my life, because the word is a container of his life. It's just the content of the word is his life. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That word disciples can also be interchanged to sound as priests. <laughs> Priesthood does not start until you are able to continue to learn. To learn of him. Not to learn from any other source. To learn of him. Because there are other sources that will present themselves as good you know, areas or good sources for learning. Hallelujah. Yes. And you'll see what you gain at the end of the learning. <laughs> you'll see what you gain. Praise the Lord. You'll see what you gain. But if your eyes is set on him. Somebody asked me one day. Why should we worship God? If I ask this question, what would be your answer? Is it because of what he can do for you? Or because of who he is? Hmm? Is it because of who he is? Or because of what you know he has the ability to do that he has been doing? That you can see the footprint in your life? What could be the reason for worship of Jehovah God? At the time, the children of Israel were setting out to go and learn the worship of Jehovah. What has he done for them? Huh? What has he done for them? At the time they were preparing, before the lamb was killed, what has he done for them? The same people that he saved in the wilderness, what did they do? What did they do? Something happened in my family. And um, my siblings, they decided we'll pray. I said, okay, we'll pray. But we must pray accordingly. Hallelujah. We must pray accordingly. So I told them one thing. That some of you, you have itching ears. And the itching ears is such that you, there are things you want to hear about your life about who is pursuing you, about who is not pursuing you. And you call that ministry. And you call the men of God. Lo and behold, you are tossed to and fro. You are a baby. You are a baby. For as long as you are living your Christian life that way, every wind of the doctrine can carry you about. He expects you to grow in the knowledge of him. Don't you have Bibles in your houses? Why can't you set out times when you study that Bible? Ask the Holy Spirit to come and help you to understand. It doesn't mean that you run away from fellowship. I didn't say so. 
You must belong to a fellowship. Fellowship of the brethren. Hallelujah. But if it is still that any prophecy that comes from any source, like the prophecy that was brought to one of them, for which they called me, but they hid that aspect from me. The person said that they would buy candles for 21 candles. And each of the candles, I think they said it cost them, it cost them, I think, 11 or 15,000. A candle. A candle, yes. A fortune. Oh, it, will, it, will, it, will, it will cost a fortune. And one candle will be burned per day. So they hid that from me. The person who was not giving me the details is the one in the U.S. Because it was she that was prophesied that she would die. And they told her. And she's a strong believer. She said, no, they are robbing you. I will tell you the what people have said. I will tell you. So she is the one who told me. I said, did you agree to give them the money? He said, my money. I said, good. That is how to start. They will see that you won't die. They will see that you won't die. That that prophecy won't come to pass. Without the candles, it won't come to pass. Hallelujah. So, the issue is that we must learn how to stand our ground, like Pastuche said. The training is such that you will be able to stand your ground. If you're not practicing what you have learned over the years, by now, it means <laughs> you are not worthy of the Lord. You're not worthy of the Lord. A priest is the one who is taught so that he will teach others also. Paul writing to Timothy, he said, that which is on you. See that you committed to faithful men. Another word for faithful men is priests. A priest, okay. Malachi 2 verse 7, what did he say? Malachi 2 7. Quickly, Malachi 2.7. Let somebody. Malachi 2.7, okay. Okay. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge. The lips of a priest, what will he keep? The knowledge of Christ. It's the knowledge of Christ. That is what we will keep. Why will he keep the knowledge of Christ? Because Christ has taught him. He has learned of him. Come and learn of me. Come and learn of me. So every priest must learn from his master. Let me say this. In the, in the occult world or even traditional African society in their practice of their religion, every oracle hears his God, his or her God. Hmm? Every oracle, the God reveals to him or her his name. The name, special name, he will call that God and activate that God. And the God reveals to that oracle who he is, what he's able to do, how to activate him to do that, the things to sacrifice. Hallelujah. Okay, let me say it because it's an open thing. Recently, about 2,000, uh, uh, 2000 what are they called? Um, not imams, there's a name they are called in Islam. About 2,000 of them gathered in Kaduna where they prayed for Mr. President. 
publicly. Publicly. They are gathered from all over West Africa. They are not just Nigerians. These are the ones that, that will stay for a moment. They won't see the song. They won't see the song. They came to do chanting. Hallelujah. Why? Because their God taught them so. Their God taught them so. And they have prayed for Mr. President. It's good. Even the scriptures say we should pray for those in authority so that we have peaceable lives. Is it not so? So we must also pray for Mr. President because he's now Mr. President. Forget the process that led him there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whether he stole it or he didn't stole it or he didn't steal it, he is now the president. So we should pray for him. But I'm saying that their oracle told them what they will do, the chanting they will do when they gather there. And they have done it. So know that they have activated certain things. Certain things that will soon start manifesting. If the sons of righteousness fail to rise to counter it and declare how it should be. In fact, there was a northern governor I had that confessed that he's afraid when Christians pray. The journalist asked him why. He said, because I know that their God will hear them when they pray. So I'm, I'm afraid when they say they will pray. But of course, he's not talking about every Christian. He's not talking about every Christian. So it is time for us to raise our priesthood. It's time to raise our priesthood. And it will cost us certain consecrations. Certain consecrations. Priesthood is found in the soul. It's found in the soul. If the soul is not won enough by Christ, that soul cannot function in priesthood. QED. It can't function in priesthood. Because priesthood is learned. It is learned. And the idea of learning is so that after you can display it, you can express it. You can dispense it. You can dispense it. And when you have gathered that priesthood to a certain degree of understanding, wherever you are, your God is there. Wherever you are, your God is there. One of my sisters is afraid because of the way the mother-in-law lived, gave their land to so many people who were farming them. Hallelujah. Now, my sister, my key sister, has no land to farm, even though she's the owner of the land, but she can't take ownership because it's still in the hands of those people that the mother-in-law gave it to. And when she was alive, she didn't allow her to take over. And now she's afraid. I said, ah, tell your husband, who is the owner of the land, to just go and tell them, I want to take the land now. I want to start farming it. You know why she's afraid? Because one of my other sisters told her that they will drop something for you there. Don't go there. You see that? Will they drop? Yes, they will drop. But if you are grown in your priesthood, you go there, nothing will happen. Hallelujah. So I told her, don't be afraid. You won't go there. You won't farm there. Let your husband go and tell them, I take my land from today. Then let your husband bring me into the land. I'll be the one who will do the farming. I will stand there. Hire people. They're fine. Let them do their juju. Let's see. Let's see. Let, let's display priesthood. Because it's their priesthood that they will display. Hallelujah. Because priesthood is for practicing. 
It is for practicing. If you don't practice it, you are not yet a priest. You are not yet a priest. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, finally, when are we stopping? Okay. James chapter 1, finally, please, verse 21. James 1, 21. The mind, the will, the emotion, the conscience, please, Christ must be found to be seated in them. Any of those compartments where he is not yet seated, you will be acting as a natural man there. You will be acting as a natural man there. He must be found to be seated there. He wants to be seated there. He wants to express himself through your will. He wants to express himself through your emotions. Hallelujah. He wants that. James 1.21 Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. See, James is writing to the church. This is an epistle. He said there is wickedness in their heart. Huh? There is filthiness in their heart. He said, if you don't lay it aside, eh, you won't receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. There is something for us to live before we can journey in priesthood. Is it first or second Peter 2 verse 1? Laying aside all malice. And uh, God, please bring it up. And, uh huh. Yes, and evil speaking. First Peter 2 1, yes. First Peter 2 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all girl, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. I want you, when you get home, look at those words, malice. What is malice? Check what is girl. Bitterness. Bitterness. Residing inside his soul that Christ is supposed to be seated. How can Christ share your soul when bitterness is there? I told, I told a sister that one of my sisters offended. Hmm? Two of them are my siblings. I told her, do you know what unforgiveness means? She said she doesn't know. I said, unforgiveness is like going to mix corn sulfuric acid. And you want to give it to that person that has offended you so that the person will drink and die. When he drinks it, the person dies. Then instead of giving it to that person, you now drank it yourself. You are the one who is dying now. While the person is there, JJ doesn't know anything about it. That is what unforgiveness does in the life of a believer. It will be there killing you gradually. And from there, you have opened the gateway, doorway for tormenting spirits to come into you and begin to torment you. Anytime the name of that person is mentioned or anytime his thought crosses your mind, you are tormented. You are tormented. Hallelujah. And you a believer. So God is now sharing his house with things that are of the devil. Things of another realm. Eh? So, and evil speakings. So, if you don't lay those things 
aside, eh, you can't desire sincere milk of the world. Even if you desire it, you can't get access to it. Hallelujah. Because there, are, there is what is called principle of first mention in the study of scriptures. How it flows. You understand me? The first things first, you will lay aside every malice. Every form of deceit. Hypocrisy. You say this, but you mean this. Huh? You say this. You know what you are saying. You don't mean it. You mean something else. But you are telling the person, this is what I mean. This is my heart. Lo and behold, that your heart is deceitful. Hallelujah. And these things are found among believers. Among us, it must not be so. We are persecuting the life of Christ as we do so. And therefore, if we, we, will, we will render ourselves incapable of living out the life. We can't display the life. And you know the funny thing? At times I think that God is so merciful. Either God is so merciful or that Satan somehow, you know, does not do his work well. Because at times we carry some of these things and we go to fight Satan. Eh? You have created doorways opening all around you for him to step in and attack and you are attacking him. And you are attacking him. Hallelujah. It's just like what Hamas did. On the 7th of October, you, get, you went and stirred up the hornet. Huh? You know, it will, it will bite, it will sting anyhow, all over, all over. What was it in your mind? If not that Satan was leading you. If not that Satan was leading you. Hallelujah. So, so we are prepared at times and go and stir up the hornet of Satan. Hallelujah. But God in his mercy will always come there. Job chapter 1, he says, ah, does Job worship you for nothing? Satan asked him, does Job worship you for nothing? Have you not made an age about him, about his family, about everything that he has on every side? That means you have made it impregnable for me to come in and function. I can't operate because of who you are. So even though Job was in fear, there was a protection right around him. He can't. Until God gave him permission, he could have done nothing. He could have done nothing. If not that God gave him permission. Because God was all over. He even said that the works of his hands increases in the land. In the land. Just because of you. Just because of you. Touch any of it and you see Job because you. Hallelujah. So, in learning priesthood, I just want to support everything my brother said. Priesthood is for function. But there must be a state in which you will be, as a believer, to be admitted into priesthood. All of us are potentially priests. Because he made us that. But we need to learn how to function. If you don't function, you will, you will just stop at that gift of priesthood that was given to you. My people will never will normally say, let police be in my house, but let him not be able to arrest anybody. I said, no, if police must be a member of my family, he will have the capacity to arrest. 
You understand? So there is no need of you being a priest when you cannot function in priesthood. There is no need. That's no reason. And that is not the intention of the father. The intention of the father is that everyone will function in priesthood because the earth was created for priesthood. It's only priests that will minister on the earth. Regrettably, it is only Satanists that know that. Regrettably, it is majority of them that know that. Hallelujah. And they are functioning in priesthood. And God will not do anything about them until we arise and raise our own priesthood. It is the raising of our own priesthood that will cast them down. Not God. Because God had finished it in Christ Jesus. It is finished. If we can't do it in our generation, he will wait for another generation. Should we wait for another generation? In your life, do you have to wait for another generation? Now is the acceptable time. Now is the acceptable time. This is the day of salvation. Salvation is both initial and ongoing. It's both initial and ongoing. It is not once saved, always saved. Because you can lose your soul. What does it profit a man? To gain worldliness. Gain worldliness. And measure there. And become a very mighty man, strong man. In worldliness. In carnality. In unrighteousness. But the end is that he will lose his soul. If any man will follow after me, let him carry his cross. And follow me daily. God. Okay. Um, Mama, do you have any verses? Do you have anything to say? Okay. Wow. Hallelujah. See, there's Mike here. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, yes, there's two things. The first thing was the last time when um, Pastor Chidi spoke, when he spoke about how God protects us despite the fact that we are so horribly exposed in the realm of the spirit. Um, okay, okay, right in the back. Yeah, so my bad. Okay. So, for example, like um, you spoke about, um, there was an example you gave of Job. Yes, yes, yes. Another example that came to mind was Balaam with the children of Israel. While they were complaining against God, they didn't realize that a sorcerer had been paid for by Balak. And this sorcerer was a deadly person. And while this guy was going through different positions to attack them, God was shielding and protecting Israel. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is so that we can understand that just because you get away with maybe exploits or you get away with some of these things, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that God is validating everything in your life. Does that make sense? Someone can take that, um, that protection of God to be that God is defending Israel as they are complaining against him. But when they finish complaining, the Bible said that snakes were sent into their midst. You would see that. They, you, they will still experience consequences of their disobedience. But definitely, you still see that hedge of protection surrounding Israel. The, the things that are being taught here are being explained so that we are able to very efficiently practice our Christian life. What that means is that when you're, when you're, 
your your when your desires are expressed with minimal damage, if that makes sense, with maximal efficiency. There's a way someone might, in an effort to do something good for God now, you go and start attacking a principality somewhere. Hallelujah. And start saying, we pull you down. And then you're not following proper protocol, if that makes sense. Hallelujah. The other thing that I felt was really, really important, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone got that, was the fact that, so Mama spoke about this last week. Pastor Uchi said it again, and then Pastor Judy really dro um, drove it in. It is that this thing is, is a training of the Lord. The reason why, and this is why, when the Bible says you should pray in secret, when the Bible says that you should do all these things, it's not, about, it's, not, it's not that when you pray in secret, it's more powerful, or when you pray outside, it's more powerful. It is that the amount of praying that needs to be done, it is beyond what people around you can see. Does that make sense? In genuine priesthood, actual priesthood, you don't care what people are seeing. Does, it, does that make sense? If you know the amount of intercession necessary to fracture a stronghold in your soul sufficiently, you would, if you actually understand the weight as far as the level of prayers that you need, incense offered in prayers that you need, you will understand why the Bible says you should pray in secret. It's not talking about you hiding somewhere and praying. What they're saying is that the amount of praying you have to do to successfully fracture, maybe you're someone that you had, a maybe you're on your bloodline lying, or something that you do sufficiently. To fracture that thing sufficiently, the level of exposure to the blood of Jesus that you need. You, you're not someone that you're a casual, you can't be a casual seeker of God and accomplish that thing. That exposure will be hidden from you. Does that make sense? The reason why we're saying priesthood, you know, when you, you went into the priests on the dark side, honestly speaking, I'm not saying this to encourage you to go and study dark, dark priesthood. I'm not saying this to encourage you. But for, so that these words can be understood for a reason. When, when God wanted um, Moses to build the cherubim in the tabernacle, the word that God used was an Assyrian word. There was no Hebrew word for cherubim. It's actually an Assyrian cognate word. So God sometimes would borrow words. Like when Jesus Christ said, I will build my ecclesia. That ecclesia was not a Christian word. It was a governmental word from the Greeks. Alexander the Great's form of government, a governing house. What, what am I saying this? Sometimes some of these words don't use the traditional Christian interpretation of what a priest is. I'm telling you, if you try that thing, they will so beat you. When I say they'll beat you, they'll beat you black and blue. See a priest in, in, in church. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. A priest in church, I'm going to say it out loud. It's a joke. I'm telling you, he's a, he's a comedian. I'm not lying to you. Can I say something? Maybe <laughs> the pastor in the church. You're also a comedian. I'm not going to lie to you. Who understands what I'm saying? No, no. Witches will deal with you. When I say they'll deal with you. Do you know what happens in some forests? Prime, I'm telling you, go and learn primary. See, if I worship, go and get a book on if I worship and go and check what some people did. Some people, because of consecration, they became physical tokens of their deities in darkness. Sorry, I'll just take two minutes to say this. There was, in Enugu State, something that happened two years ago. A guy is the, was the only son in the family, and they have massed land. This guy was staying in abroad. When he returned, he found out that one of the noblemen in their community was encroaching on his land, had taken a large chunk of the land. He called for the elders of the land. 
The elders of the land, because they had soiled their hands with the nobleman, they couldn't say the truth. The guy said, I will do something that will shock all of you in eternity. Do you know what he did? Huh? His word to Satan and was vanished. He said, never will any man live on any portion of that land. That guy vanished till date. He vanished till date. You understand me? You know, this is the extent that people could go just to defend the right. The right he has defended now is for who? Who will live in that land? Who will become an evil forest. You understand me? But he swore allegiance with all his heart. And he was taken. In that village, it's like that. They are in awe. Nobody told that man to run for his life. Because all his generations will be cleared. You understand? What he's saying about priesthood? Let's not go and learn that, but let's be serious with our Lord. Let's just be serious with our Lord. The reason why I'm saying all these things is because if you check, you know they say that witches, they fly at night. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is because of the sacrifice is most potent at some of those times. It should be that Christians, they pray at night. That Christians, they study at night. It's not about being dark. It is the diligence I'm pointing out here. Is everyone listening? I'm not going to lie to you. Genuine priesthood. See everything that was said here? Maybe this is what will help. The place where you are clothed is your subconscious. That is where your priestly garment is placed on you. The reason why Pastor was saying that, if you have not actually trafficked with God, there is no, it's not that you're not a priest as in by, the Bible says you're a royal priesthood, Right? But what are you actually wearing? What functionality of priesthood can you express? In the realm of darkness, the things that they get exposed to very early on, some people, they eat physical organs of other practitioners as initiation rituals. No, no, no. You can say you drunk the blood of Jesus, right? And you've eaten the, eaten the body of Jesus Christ. How real is that thing to you? Who gets what I'm saying? No, no, no. Check the early church and see how, when they went about their rituals, when they went about their rituals, Holy Communion, it was not a joke. That's what I'm saying. They were really eating the body of Jesus. They were drinking his blood. Is everyone listening? When they would worship God, they would flog someone with, with, with metal, with, 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 with glass. And the person would start singing worship songs to God. Are you mad? Who knows what I'm saying? That person is a practitioner. Who knows what I mean by practitioner? You have given yourself to something. You have, yes, completely. You have given yourself. Some of these things, I'm telling you, this is what, can I say something? Let me say something, okay? Study the early church. I'm, I dare you to study the early church. You will see that you are a comedian. It's not that the same Jesus Christ is not inside of you. Is everyone listening? The same Jesus Christ is inside of you, but you haven't touched him. I know what I'm saying. You know why? In the early church, they were not even engaging teleportation. They were not engaging escape from prison. They were just worshiping God. As they would sing praises to God, things would start shaking physically. Who knows what I'm saying? And this was a repeated occurrence. It was something you could, it's like a, a scientific thing. That when this, you know why? You know why? Whenever they put them in prison, they would always charge the jailers. If these people go missing, we will kill you. Why are they saying that? Because anything can happen with these people. 
It's like they're telling you, if you want to kill this guy, don't shoot him in his chest. Shoot him in his head. And shoot him multiple times. Why are they saying that? Because they've been shooting these guys things and it's not working. That's what I'm saying. That's how the early church was. They would take a Christian, put a Christian inside of prison. The next morning, they would see the guy outside. It was a normal thing. That is why they said, this is how you deal with believers. You don't just put them in prison. You have to chain them to the jailer. Chain them to the floor. Put them four or five, clo- four or five um, prisons inside. That was a, real, that was a recurring thing. Check, check your Bible now. What we, the first time we try putting apostles in prison, regular prison. After a while, everyone, maximum security, maximum security, maximum security, maximum security, everyone, maximum security. Why? And what are they doing? They're praising God. What will happen the day they decide to engage an operation of God? No, that's why when, when Paul will get angry and look at someone, you enemy of unrighteousness, you'll be blind for a season. Why would the guy not be struck immediately? Do you know what? Do, who, do you know the level of, who knows what I'm saying? Now, the reason why I'm saying all these things is because so that when we're talking about practice, we're not talking about you coming to make noise during prayer meetings. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about you shouting, I'm a priest. Let me tell you something. Someone said something. Okay, it wasn't here. It was somewhere else. Some of these things, some of these practices, sometimes for you to be able to maybe put a thread on yourself, it might take you one entire night of just praying in the Holy Ghost. Is that, am, I, am I getting some contact in someone, someone's heart here? And that one entire night of praying in the Holy Ghost will get you a thread of your priesthood. It will manifest physically on your body. You, another night, you now give yourself another thread will appear. It's, this is why it's not about what you're doing in public. Is anyone listening? You must be given to practice. I know, what, I know the reason I'm saying all these things is because I've discovered that for us to take Nigeria back sufficiently, with priesthood-wise, the forces that you're facing against. You see, last week, I mean, I'm out of frame, right? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Last week, I was driving, and I, I, the occultism in the air was. When you were saying all these things, I was like, okay, that's what I was smelling. It was so bad. It was so pungent. I'm just like, what is happening? Why is I'm just smelling witchcraft everywhere. While I was saying that, I saw a naked woman on the street, and I know what that happened. The last time that happened was during election, this thing, during election season. <sighs> What is the incense that the church is offering to God? Forget about, don't think about pastor. The problem is that we still think that it's about pastor, a man of God. Forget those titles. Forget those things. Is anyone listening? As a child of God, you are a priest unto God. You are a practitioner. And if you're not practicing, like he said, you're like a policeman inside that is doing nothing. I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense. Hallelujah. So I want us to just inwardly just turn our hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. And our desire is that we would become practitioners. Not practitioners. Please understand what I'm saying. In meetings, the, it's not that what happens in meetings is not real. Is anyone listening? It's just not enough. If you know how long a COVID, when COVID, when COVID members they meet, how long their meetings last for. And the saturation, the intensity of their engagements. Some of them, they would take one chantment and they would chant it thousands of times. I like when he spoke about the Muslims that gather together. And these are people that they turn the lights off and they just say one thing repeatedly. When they come out, their bodies are shaking with those words. And when they now say, you know what Jesus Christ said? I was listening to a message about that. When Jesus Christ said, when he cursed the, the, yes, yeah, he now said, have the faith of God. 
right? He now said that. What did he say? He said that um, he shall have whatsoever things he saith. He shall have the things that he is saying. There is a culture and there's a lifestyle that we as believers were meant to adopt. Hallelujah. And honestly speaking, if you want to touch the core of your priesthood, I'm not even talking about demonstrating powers. I'm talking about you downloading the life of God. Fracturing strongholds in the soul. Actually, who gets what I'm saying? So that we can live this life. All the time about was talking, all that came to me was, I just heard, when he said something, you're holding bitterness. How can Jesus stay there? Who gets what I'm saying? Some people, the bitterness is strong. I, you know why? I discovered something in my own soul recently. And when I saw that I'm holding offense towards someone, it just began to pain me. How am I holding offense at this, at this point? In, who knows what I'm saying? How is Jesus? Hallelujah. Who gets what I'm saying? So I want us to just turn inwardly and understand that we are giving ourselves to these practices. We are giving ourselves to priesthood. We are giving. It's not about praying once or twice. You are giving yourself. I am giving myself. Some of you, you're at work. You have free time. Instead of browsing your phone, what do you begin to do? You begin to chant the scriptures. Some of you at night, you wake up at night. It's very clear it's the Holy Ghost. Don't, you, don't touch your phone. You begin to what? Chant the scriptures. You begin to declare God's word out loud. Make, make clear declarations about who you are in Christ Jesus, about the life of God flowing through you. Some of you, you need to pray in the Holy Spirit for hours to shut down the distractions of your mind. Because the forces that we are contending with, the resolution that they have about themselves, the conviction that you need to be more convinced about who you are in Christ Jesus to be able to stand a chance. It's not because your God is not powerful. You're not allowing your God to be tangible in any way whatsoever. It's just his mercy of protecting you that is keeping. Who gets what I'm saying? And we have been thriving on this as a church for too long. Giving God nothing. Giving God literally nothing. The last thing I would say, I'm so sorry. I've spoken so much. Amen. Go and check the consecrations of our ancestors. Men like Babalola. And go and see how they, what they would do when they see something in the Bible. Babalola would see a portion of scripture. And for five, six days, he would just be praying, trying to understand what God is saying. As soon as that understanding smites him, crusade. Now, on the way to crusade, he would always have confrontations. And the confrontations were always spectacular. It is not that he was praying about the crusade. It was that understanding in the scriptures that he used to wage warfare. Some of us, we've learned, how many of you have learned so many things in this Melchizedek school? Raise your hand, raise your, raise, your, raise your hand. How much time have you boiled on, those, on these things? One of my friends said something, that the church is, is, a, is a foolish library, as in believers, where, where we have so many books, but we are not doing anything with them. Go and check. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry about going into dark priesthood. I'm seeing white people learning Ifa priesthood. Defending Ifa priesthood online. I'm shocked. I saw a Caucasian woman. I saw someone was, he went, say, United Nations, he saw a, a talisman. And he was saying, stay away from this. And this woman was saying, no, that is not, it's not all magic that is black. Some magic is okay. I, 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 know, I know who that guy is. 
and, and he's not a bad demon. There's bad. <laughs> now, she was speaking as she was talking. I could tell. This woman knew what she was saying. She didn't know she was being deceived, don't get me wrong. But she was a practitioner of Ifa priesthood. Caucasian lady. Who gets what I'm saying? <laughs> when the Bible says darkness shall cover the earth. Hallelujah. Can we consecrate ourselves to the Lord? I would just like us to dedicate our hearts to Jesus. Let's go ahead. The realm of the spirit shouldn't be a mystery to us. The realm of the spirit should be our normal experience. That is the essence of priesthood. That is the essence where we are learning the priesthood. That my soul will not stay here. My soul will not stay here. My soul will not stay based on interaction that goes on here. You know, based on what you heard today, um, I don't know the area the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. The end of everything we are saying is that we are not an ordinary woman being. We are gods on the earth. Let us go ahead today. You know, pick up the desire by the Spirit. I see it to live like a man. I see it to live like a man. I see it to um, to just be another believer. I want to go deeper. That is priesthood. Let's talk to God. Let's commit our heart to God. You know, it, 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 it's like when when maybe someone comes in and I begin to speak outside Yoruba and every one of us don't understand the language. It will be a mystery. But to him that is speaking, it's not a mystery to him. It's just a normal thing. It's a normal thing to him. But as we begin to learn, as we give ourselves to learn, and to learn that language after a while, it will cease to be a mystery. So as we give ourselves to the word of God, we give ourselves, we will give ourselves to the ministry of prayers and of the word. The ministry of prayers and of the word. We're going to give ourselves continuously, continuously, continuously. We give ourselves, we give our soul to the training of the spirit.
Modia Kapande Sosiga Dabahala Gitimene Vadokushuta. Oh, we submit to you, Spirit of God. We ask you to help us. We ask for help. Lord, our desire is that your voice will echo in our souls. Your voice will become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in our minds, in our will, in our desires. He said, my sheep will not hear any other voice. They will identify my voice. Holy Spirit, in the event of Help us to give ourselves. Help us to give ourselves. Give our heart to you. We'll not give our heart to this world, but give our heart to you. The Bible says Enoch walked with God until he was no more. Teach us Holy Spirit. Teach us the way. Teach us the path. Teach us the way of victory. Teach us the way of liberty. Teach us the way not to die, Holy Ghost. Teach us the way to live, Holy Spirit. Teach us the way to live. 
negatíva, come on, Lucas. Father, we just want to thank you today. We just want to give you praise today for your visitation upon us. I want to thank you. Father, we thank you as we approach your table. Hallelujah. Uh, I want us to bear in mind and put before us that what is very critical to the making of a priest is knowledge. The knowledge of who we have become in Christ Jesus. The knowledge of what Jesus has done to the princes of this age. I want us to bear in mind, it's very important that the victory of the cross is properly written on our minds and upon our hearts so that we don't burn ours in the place of intercession, laboring for nothing. I have prayed many hours before without light, and it amounted to nothing. I couldn't make progress. I was still a captive. I was still in Babylon. But when you pray with light, you will pray with the understanding of who you are, and the confidence of what Jesus has done. And the truth that the princes of this age have come to nothing. That they have been brought down. That Satan has been defeated. That the work Jesus did on the cross and in grave and his resurrection has ended the reign and rule of Satan over you. First of all, start with yourself. Over you. Hallelujah. And by that work, you have been given rights to the earth. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Because in the book of Exodus chapter 19, it said, If you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, I will make you a nation. You will be unto me a nation of priests. For the whole earth is mine, saith the Lord. So there is a relationship between ownership of the earth, inheritance of the earth, mm. and our priesthood. Praise God. I don't know if, if I'm... Yes. I, want, I, want, I want us to wear our, the knowledge of who we are. You will labor in that from the scriptures. You won't get that just because I said so. Yeah. You will get it yeah. by going to the scriptures, to oh, meditate bo, bo. on the scriptures, to labor in the scriptures until what you are laboring in turns to faith in your heart. When you have labored enough with the scriptures and the scriptures have completely been written upon your heart, just one sentence you make 
will tumble 70 days of chanting of satanic priests. They are powerless. They are coming to nothing. Praise God. But Hallelujah. an heir, as long as he's a child, will be subservient to the servants of the house. So, the labor is that we henceforth be no more children. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We come to the place of power. We come to the place of strength. We come to the place of the manifestation of your life, your body, 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 your body. We eat today. Strength is infused in our bodies. Life enters our bodies. This is a consummation of all we have been saying. Is the blood of Jesus and the life of God. Even as we bear witness in the spirit, we are physically practicing by eating your flesh. You know, one of the things I see strongly that the Spirit of God is going to help us in engaging. You know, is practicing. What we are doing is practicing. Coming into consciousness. Another word is honor. Reverencing the body of Jesus. Not eating it as in the flesh. Not eating it the way normal people will eat some things. But that which we are declaring the Spirit that which we are saying consciously. We are coming into that consciousness. We are calling ourselves, building ourselves, building ourselves. We are building our most holy faith as we practicing, practicing the body of Jesus. Father, we say again, we approach the table of life. This is the table of life. This is the table of life. This is where death is judged. This is where iniquity is judged. This is what end the race of Satan. This is what end the race of death. The body and the life of Jesus. Sin could not hold that body. Death could not hold that life. So as we drink, we are proclaiming the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We eat your flesh. We drink your blood. We say, we are not of this world. Just like as you said, as we obey you, 
you will bless our bread. You will bless our body. We are obeying this creature by doing this in the remembrance of you. Lord, we thank you, Father. See, the, the sickness that's upon Egyptians will not come upon your own. Thank you, Father. She none shall say, I am sick. This body is not for sickness. It's not for iniquity. It's not to enhance iniquity. It's not to enhance death. It's prepared from heaven by the will of God to enhance God and to do the will of God. Our body will not be weary. We will not live in laziness. We will stay in the presence of God. We will tarry in the presence of God. We will find energy in our souls as we drink the blood of Jesus. The energy to push away other life to obey the commandment of eternal life. Thank you, Father. He says, in all of these things, we are more than a conqueror. Men have conquered under the old covenant, but Jesus is more than a conqueror. And we are after that order. That is where our life began. Our life did not begin in Moses, in Elijah, but in in Jesus. That is the beginning of life. And that life has no end. That is where we stand from. That's where we came from. We are from this order. We drink this blood and we are farming in our soul that we are after, after the order of immortality. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, glory to God. We just want to thank God for today. Praise God. Um, on Saturday, we'll meet by the grace of God. Uh, Francis, is, um, are they having any youth vigil today? Oh, online. So, youth vigil will be online. Uh, let's remember on Saturday, we're starting by 3 p.m. God bless you so much for joining us. Hallelujah. Let's share the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Spirit. Rest and abide with us now forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord.
now and forevermore. Amen. So if you have your offering, you can give. God bless you. Eh? 12 to 1. Okay, 12 to 1. Yeah, to 1 o'clock.